0: Any of that, and um, and we get to hear from Katie tonight, and y'all, she's amazing. I, I really, I don't even know how to introduce her. How long have you been working at Covenant? Twenty something years, and you've worn five different hats, a few different hats. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Katie is has just started um, a ministry called Enfold Ministries at Covenant that's really for us to serve some of those in our congregation or visiting who have disabilities. And it's a really sweet thing to see us embrace and enfold those that don't look like we do or may look like we do, but they don't function like we do into our body because they are created in God's image just like we are. And Katie has a real heart for that. She saw a real need for that. and You're going to hear a little bit more about that. But, um, Katie, I'm going to pray for you, and then I want you to come on up. Father God, we, just, we thank you for being able to gather. Lord, we thank you for our sister Katie. We thank you for how you have used different things in her life to shape her and draw her closer to you. Lord, we pray now that you would just quiet our hearts, that we can hear what you want us to hear tonight as she shares what you have done in her life. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.
1: Okay, y'all, it really is so good to be back at Summer Salad Suppers. And Jennifer T- Shepherd texted me as I was pulling up and she's like, it always storms at Summer Salad Suppers. And I loved it that we remembered that. She remembered that from two summers ago, you know, like, yes, it always storms. on su- And usually the lights go out, so that could happen too. Um, <laughs> but it's good to be back and to be with y'all. Okay, so I am holding my favorite mug here. And it's inspired by one of my favorite book series, The Green Ember. Um, this is a, <laughs> the Green Ember is a middle-grade fantasy novel series, which is about my favorite level of reading, so <laughs> there's that. Um, but it's written by S.D. Smith, and our family's currently enjoying it for the second time. And the mug has a picture of a rabbit holding a sword. And it says, "'My place beside you, my blood for yours, till the green ember rises or the end of the world.'" And I know that that means nothing to you, <laughs> but you'll have to trust me because if you read the book or just trust me in my words for it, these rabbits in these stories are fighting for the mended wood, okay? They are speaking constantly of it. And the mended wood is what we long for. It's a community without the effects of sin and evil where Jesus reigns. And over and over through these four books, it says, it will not be so in the mended wood. And I mean, doesn't that just give you chills? It just, over and over, the characters in this book are seeking to wholly live out the vision of the mended wood, even though they're fighting, even in the desperate times of fighting evil and battling evil. Um, And they live in this community. It's a rabbit warren, of course. (laughs) And they value each other's gifts and abilities. They garden. They clean. They teach. They spin pottery. This pottery, this this mug, it says "You fall" because in the book, "You fall Potter" is the pottery master. You know, I mean, it's all just building our imaginations, right? They mend clothes. They cook delicious meals. They train for battle. They practice medicine. All as they herald the mended wood, and they're a picture of the church. That's what we are. and then we're living together and doing these things and many quotes in these books have become very meaningful to me as i fight for the hope of the eternal and as i remember that it will not be so in the mended wood so we've all had to fight during the pandemic we've all like it's a level playing field right we have all been through the same year and we've all had to fight for hope we've faced death and disease racial unrest all kinds of uncertainty I, for one, am not coming out of it very gracefully, (laughs) but um, I fought for hope alongside all of you. We've been together, just fighting together, and we live in a fallen world where we all have to expect to face suffering, and we try to hide from it, and we try to pretend it doesn't exist, but on this side of heaven, we can't. We need to have a biblical view of suffering to be a beacon of hope for each other. So before I go any further, I do want to say that I have faced very little suffering compared to so many people, and probably a lot of you, but my experiences have shaped me just like your experiences have shaped who you are. And I would love nothing better than to like hear everyone's experiences because that's one of my favorite things to do, um, which is why we have Summer Salad Suppers, really. And so... Um, but God has brought us together in our different experiences to become the church, and we're not supposed to look the same as each other. We're not supposed to only be the church if we've got it all together. We're called to serve each other, hold out hope for each other, and take turns holding each other up through this life, all for the glory of God. But some of my experiences include growing up with parents who took care of others, um, I still go to visit my mom in Georgia and the first thing this happened very recently. I walked in the door and she goes, Okay, hop in the I mean y'all, we drove five hours. Hop in the car, we're gonna go take soup to Miss Shirley. Okay. so we get in the car and we go take soup to miss shirley who is my high school PE teacher's mother um who (laughs) i mean you know but she's an older lady in the church who's in poor health and we stayed for an hour we made sure that she had rides to her doctor's appointments for the week we talked about her children and grandchildren um my mom was a social worker by training and so she we grew up with her taking us to places um She modeled what it was like to care about and care for others. My dad was a lawyer, same story. He cared well for his clients, and we shared in many of their lives. My entire set of silver was gifted to me by one of his clients who had no family, but one of Jim's daughter who came to visit her in the nursing home every week to have it. And I still take the silver home every Christmas because my mom's like, you have more silver than I do. Could you please bring it? I think it's actually just at her house now Um, (laughs) because I don't use it at my house very much. But, you know, here were these people that we were part of their lives and they were part of our lives. Um, so remember young moms who feel like you need child care so you don't have to drag your children around to all the things. Your children are shaped by what you model for them. Even though it's harder to do with them, it's a great training ground for them. And I know my parents shielded me and protected me from a lot, a lot of situations as well. But they took me in to see... Um, They brought me along to watch people who were suffering. I get to watch my mom now do this as she learns to live as an aging widow. She's still caring for others. She hosted a flower arranging class today. I mean, you know, this is just what she does. She loves to be around people. I get to watch parents in our church do this as they walk alongside their children who are suffering. You all watch people in your Sunday school classes and your communities as you care for each other in your sufferings my daughter gets to walk alongside her best friend here at church in her suffering and my daughter is better for it because we're all better together so the rest of what i'm going to say i just kind of want us to flip our thinking my prayer is that we can flip our thinking from thinking about how we can care for those affected by disability to how or suffering or anything more to how they can benefit us, okay? So that's how that's the challenge tonight is to flip our thinking. First Corinthians 12:26 says that we are connected by our suffering. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. This verse is very convicting to me. How often am I willing to truly rejoice with someone when they are honored without feeling overlooked myself or jealous of them? This is a very internal struggle that I'm sure we all face. Well, entering into someone's suffering with them takes a little more commitment of my outward self. How often do I want to enter into someone's suffering in a long-term way, sticking with them through it all without wanting to cancel them when I've had enough, or realize that there's nothing I can do to fix it? It takes time. It often looks messy. It's probably going to feel like a disruption, which I don't handle very well. But God is sanctifying me in the process of learning to suffer with others. God is our ultimate example of sticking with others in their suffering. In the Old Testament, God saw Israel in their suffering. They were in suffering for a while, right? (laughs) They were enslaved in Egypt, and the Lord brought them out through Moses. We get to talk about this all next week for VBS. It took years for them to arrive in the Promised Land, but the Lord was with them. In the New Testament, Jesus is the good shepherd who knows his sheep. He knows their weaknesses, their failings, and their sufferings, and he has compassion on them. Jesus himself, of course, faced the greatest suffering on our behalf when he died on the cross to rescue us from our sin. And the Holy Spirit is described in John 14 as our comforter, our helper, and bringer of peace as we wait for Jesus' return. So the church has the greatest tool for anyone facing any kind of suffering. It's Jesus, and we need to be a safe place for the suffering to draw near and meet this Jesus. And all of those examples, the whole Trinity was there. They were present for the long haul. They didn't see someone in their suffering, take them a meal, and then move on with their lives like I'm often tempted to do. They are the perfect example of sticking with people in the midst of the fight and have a lot to learn from this. So I will never come anywhere close to mastering or fully understanding anything in this realm, but I have taken on the role at Covenant of learning how to better enfold those affected by disability. These are people who know suffering. Covenant has been so gracious to give people and resources to helping overcome barriers that people affected by disability face in coming to church. Okay, so I'm going to read you our mission statement. This is what's written on our website. It says... Our desire for in full disability ministry is that everyone is drawn into the body of Christ at Covenant to participate fully in our ministries. We are all growing in the Lord together, and our members and visitors with disabilities are vital to the body of Christ. Our fervent prayer is that we can help everyone connect with the Lord and with others in fellowship. Okay? So part of my role is to stretch our imaginations on who should be at church if you are a member at another church, the same thing applies to you there, okay? People affected by disability are the largest unreached people group. So we want churches where it's safe for them to come and hear the gospel and then be supported in their group, in, in their growth. So you hear two aims in that mission statement. It comes from Matthew twenty two thirty six, where a man asked Jesus, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. These verses encapsulate God's purposes for all of us. We can learn how to love God and how to love our neighbors, ourselves, better in the church. That's where we go to learn more about that, and many people affected by disability face barriers in just coming to church to learn and practice these things, but what I've come to learn is that believers who are affected by disability actually have more to offer those of us who are not affected by disability. When the church has a right view of coming alongside and welcoming those affected by disability, we're the ones who benefit Those who have walked a road of suffering have so much to teach the church if we will listen and watch. This will require humility on our part. We're not going to have all the right answers. We're probably going to mess up. We're probably going to want to hesitate instead of stepping towards some people. Um, It's going to require us accepting others for who they are, facing our fears, and moving towards others who we think we may not understand being available to help others in their heart, confronting our idols of perfection control and wanting our image to look a certain way, it's going to be uncomfortable. Thankfully, we know from scripture that comfort on this earth is not our goal, and it's going to take all of us learning together. So I'm inviting you on this journey of stretching ourselves to be more available to learning from those affected by disability. I'd love to have your support in the ministry of Unfold. Um, I would love for you to support the work of Engaging Disabilities if you just want to get on their website and look. Engaging Disabilities is the um, ministry of the PCA that uh, I've learned so much from. They have so much wisdom. Most of all, I would love for you to look and listen to those around you in their sufferings. Hear their stories and seek to draw them into the church more than they already are. It's slow, messy work, but notice who isn't here and invite them to join you. Is there someone you can invite to worship who isn't coming to Sunday school? What about women's Bible study? How about a place of service in the church? This is discipleship, helping each other grow to maturity. People affected by disability long for the mended wood even more than I do. They think of it every single day, dare I say every single hour. They herald it in a way I can only dream of as they face each and every day with courage that can only come from the Lord Their work matters for the mending, and while I know that you believe this is true, we can all ask ourselves where we are not opening our eyes to how the Lord is working through our brothers and sisters in Christ who are affected by disability. There's an entire world of disability out there, and there's only a fraction of it in the church. Chances are that those who are in the church feel isolated and lonely. God can open our eyes to notice. He can help us see obstacles and barriers that we can remove. So you might be thinking about people with visible disabilities. There are those who you can see how God made them different, but there's also invisible disabilities. There are people with mental illnesses, chronic health problems, visual and hearing impairments, people affected by autism. If someone struggling in these ways walked through our doors, we wouldn't immediately think of them as having a disability. Dyslexic, I mean, y'all, there's tons, and we wouldn't just think of it, but we're all wired differently, and God's created us in in his image, and so there's so much to learn, but let's not get stuck at sympathy for someone who's affected by disability. Let's pursue others, enter into life with them, and be blessed by them as we honor their contributions to the church. This is the gospel. There's a group of us that read this book, in the spring? Was it the spring? Time's weird right now. Um, <laughs> it's called Suffering in 3D, Connecting the Church to Disease, Disorder, Disability and Disorder by John Kwasney. And I'm going to read um, this quote from it. It says, why do we pursue people in whatever state of suffering they exist? The gospel gives us a simple answer because that's how Christ pursues us. He calls us in our brokenness and our inability. He puts us together as his body in our weakness. He brings together a wide diversity into a common community of faith. So we welcome, not just fix. We invite and pursue, not just welcome. We persevere and endure with one another. And how do we do all of these impossible things? Only because of the grace of God, the work of Christ, and the power of the Spirit. Praise God that he first pursued us so that we can pursue others in Christ. So here's some examples of what it might look like to invite others into the church. As we invite those who are suffering and affected by disability, their involvement might and probably will look different than your involvement. There might be gifted parents who we wish were contributing more in the church, but they're helping bear the burdens of their children affected by disability. These adults may not be as available as we would like them to be. There may be adults affected by disability who have a harder time bringing their children to participate in church. Getting to church may be harder for many families, How can we encourage them and help them? When they are at church, there may need to be some accommodations made to help them fully participate. A presence of anxiety may mean that they are encouraged to slip in late. Someone struggling with anxiety may want to wait in the car until Sunday school lesson actually begins. You know, the beginning stuff might be kind of hard navigating that. So a friend could text them when it's time to come in and make sure that they know where the open seat is that's waiting for them. It's not how we always want it to be. We want them to be there for fellowship, but it would be a major step for someone to participate in Sunday school. What if women's Bible study is too hard for someone facing a learning disability or dementia? Vision and hearing impairments could make church hard. What about chronic illness? Adaptations can usually be made. It's going to take some work and creative thinking, so be patient with others, pray for wisdom, but don't give up on drawing them deeper in. This church is full, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, of smart, kind women who've already been doing this (laughs) organically. I mean, so I don't hear all this and be like, yeah, we do that. I know you do, okay? We do this well, um, but what can we do more to draw others in, okay? So it's kind of looking past what we already do. And the deacons and enfold ministry with a team of volunteers— we're here to help that. So we want to help that go even further. Please help us connect with people who need some extra care when coming to church. Is there someone who needs a deacon to park their car for them so they can get in easier? We can make that happen. So it's just it's it's administrative, right? It's just being a hub that knows and can think creatively where those needs are and that's what we want to do. There are unlimited creative ideas to help remove barriers. And as we become better at this, guess what? Word is going to spread because disability circles are tight, (laughs) okay? And so when word spreads that covenant is a safe place for people to come, more come. As we care for our own well, we're also preparing for people we haven't even met. We're telling them that we were getting ready for them before they ever came, We're all students when it comes to suffering. Y'all, I'm not a good student. I like to be an expert. And there's really no way to be an expert on this. (laughs) No one has mastered suffering. No one can teach it. We do have many examples of faithful Christians who have faced suffering with the grace of Jesus, and they've done it well. But you can't take a class on suffering and then become an expert. The Bible teaches us in Romans 5 that we are to rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces hope, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Why are we to rejoice in our sufferings? It's because our suffering is making us more like Jesus. Suffering produces hope. Satan sure would like to have it the other way, wouldn't he? He would like us to face suffering and become hopeless and despair. But God's ways are different. As we wait for the mended wood, we're standing by each other heralding the hope of what is to come as we walk through this life together as we come out of covid there are a lot of lonely people in the world searching for community it's a prime time to pursue people into the church we can learn a lot from our own suffering and the sufferings of others as we seek to grow in the relation our relationship with the lord and our relationship with others thank you